Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome to the Breakaway Wealth Podcast, where we explore the wealth building strategies of the unconventional and rebellious. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. You ready to shake up your paradigm? Let's go. Joining me today is my co-host, Nick Costco. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Nick. Thanks for being on, buddy. Um, Hey, just since this is the first time that you've been on the podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, so uh, Nick Costco down here in Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised here, uh, married to my, uh, my, my rock star wife, Meredith, for 11 years. We got four kids together. Uh, our families are here and uh, we've, we've been uh, 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 friends with you guys for about five years now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. What were you doing before you started helping people learn about wealth building strategies and, um, and how to kind of break away from the pack? What were, what were you doing? What, tell me a little bit about what was happening. What kind of changed that mindset and flipped that switch? Yeah, so I didn't grow up in a house where we broke away uh, very easily. So, you know, when I was 30, so we're looking at 12 years ago, I got my dream job. I was flying a 747 around the world. In and out of war zones. I mean, I, I felt like I had the the uh, the world in a palm of my hand. You know, watching the sunrise over the Pacific with a cup of coffee in my hand. Um, you know, life couldn't get any better. And then, due to no fault of my own, uh, about eight years ago, I got laid off, and uh, that coincided with my wife telling me she was pregnant with our first kid. Uh, oh. We had stretched stretched a little bit and uh, some home home stuff, and you know we you know, had to go through that pain, you know, and you know, when I got laid off, I went and uh, got into the property and casualty insurance business, which was treating me well. I, I was, I had had some level of success with it, but it did not move my needle um, very well. And I just was exploring, you know, just trying to seek answers. I kept, you know, we went through, it was lean times, you know, we, uh, my wife, I remember sitting on the side of my bed, I had tears in my eyes and Meredith walks in and she says, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm not going to go chase a flying job in Southeast Asia. I'm not going to be an absentee dad to, to our first kid. And she just looked at me and she goes, we're going to be all right. I'm like, holy moly, you, okay, we're not on the same plane here, but I'm going to trust you. And she was right. You know, we, we got through that time and uh, it, it took a couple of years, but my entrepreneurial senses were just on fire, trying to figure out what to do with money we had saved cash and then we were spending, uh, spending money just to survive. And, and I would see those dollars go out and knew something was wrong. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, becoming your own banker came into my life. Nelson's book, uh, becoming your own banker came into my life. And, and, you know, I can easily say it's changed our lives. That's awesome. You know, um, adversity introduces a man to himself or the way that we, you know, we should say it is adversity introduces a person to themselves. I don't know who said that quote, but it's been a quote for 30 years or more that I've been reminding myself. And so when we have adversity, we have to make change. Tony Robbins says we're motivated by pain or pleasure. 
what's the stronger motivator? Yeah. Avoiding yeah. pain, right, is the stronger motivator. Absolutely. Now, talk about somebody who's overcome adversity. Our guest today, and I'm really excited to have this guy on because not only is he an inspiration, but also just his transformation physically, but also with uh, wealth building strategies and breaking away from the herd is truly amazing. And, and Nick, I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, introduce Javier to our, to our audience. Well, I, as we prepared for this, I realized that we've known each other for over 20 years. Uh, we went to uh, flight school together down in Florida, and uh, a, a friendship was really supplanted when we realized we were with this common, common uh, uh, desire to break away from the herd on all, on all levels. And I just want to welcome um, my great friend, our great friend, Javier Heredia, to the podcast. Welcome, Javi. Hey, Nick, thanks a lot. Um, and Jim, uh, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be invited to talk with you guys and uh, share my story, share my journey, and um, just elaborate more on you guys uh, have helped me and continue to help with my, with my mindset and how I've broken, kind of broken away from the herd. And it feels yeah. good. It feels really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, we've known each other for about four years, not quite even four years, I don't think. But, uh, um, you know, you've been really I've been impressed with how you've changed that mindset and really broken away. But we got to, you know, all stories got to start in the beginning. Right. So right. that adversity and things that happened to you, you know, um, let's go back to you had a, a pretty severe accident. Um, how many years ago? This happened in December of 2006. Um, and I'll just take a few moments, kind of uh, give yeah. you a brief synopsis of what, what happened. Yeah, tell us so what happened. Nick had mentioned prior to, to just introduction, I've known Nick since like maybe 1995, I think. We went to flight yeah. school together. So I was, uh, I've been a professional pilot, and in an instant, I became a professional patient. And the way I describe it and kind of what happened is imagine yourself, you're walking down the street, nice peaceful street, and you're walking hand in hand with your loved one. You come up to the edge of the street, step onto the crosswalk where you have the uh, light is green and the cross signal is bright white, and it's over. You're struck by behind, uh, from behind by a garbage truck. And my girlfriend um, was killed instantly. Sadly, I was, I was dragged 20 feet down the street. I spent uh, four weeks, sorry, seven weeks in an intensive care unit where I had my last rights read to me. And I remember having my last rights read to me. Uh, four, wow. weeks, four of those weeks were in a coma and I spent four plus years in physical and, and mental recovery as well. I, I had to rebuild my life from ground zero. Everything from learning how to breathe again, walk again, um, to being completely independent. And I'm back to being uh, an airline pilot with this wealth of knowledge of stuff that happened to me. So, um, so Javi, you're just walking across the street. What, what was your girlfriend's name, by the way? Her name was Jessica. Jessica. And, um, you know, our prayers go out to Jessica's family and her loved ones. And, and uh, um, you know, that's tough, man. That's, and so the truck hit you and it dragged you too, right? Yeah, it struck me from behind. I didn't see it until it was basically, it was beyond my, our peripheral. So it was kind of, it was behind us. Right. He turned right. Um, struck us and then it dragged me 20 feet. I, and I remember all this. I still have memory of all this stuff. And uh, even though I had uh, uh, injuries from head, literally to toe, I have more, body, more metal in my body than the, the house that I'm in right now, with screws and rods and plates right. and filters. And, 
you name it. Um, and I, yeah, I had to, I, I began to fight for my life at that very moment. So tell us, I mean, just the, you know, I don't want you to have to relive this, but tell us some of the injuries you have that you had, because, you know, I think that when you've told this before and we've talked about this, I don't think people like realize how bad a shape. I mean, like you said, you got read your last rites. Yeah. They, they fully expected you to die. Your parents flew in to New York City, right? Somewhere in the New York City area. I mean, what, what injuries did you have? So the easiest way for me to describe it is, is I'm going to go from head to toe. So I had a skull fracture with a traumatic brain injury. Uh, I had a right eye laceration, so I almost lost my right eye. My entire jaw, all this is metal. This was over here. So I have plates and screws in my jaw. Um, I had a trach uh, to learn, be able to learn how to breathe again. My shoulder blade was fractured. Multiple ribs were fractured. I had one lung that was contused, which is basically a very bad bruise. One, the other lung was totally punctured, so I couldn't really breathe. My spine, uh, right where your kind of where your belly button is, which is your, your thoracic 12 uh, vertebrae, exploded. Uh, they, the way they describe it to me is like, imagine you put a ketchup packet on the floor and you stomp on one edge of it is the compression and flexion. So it blew out the back and, uh, I have two rods and 16 screws in my, holding my spine together. I have, uh, let three pins in my left femoral neck, which is as your femur comes up into your pelvis, that's kind of where the, that's where the fracture happens. So there's three pins holding that in. And then there was a fracture on my left tibia, which is from my left knee to my left ankle, there's a rod straight through the bone with pins holding it on either end. And there's a plate and four pins in my right ankle because of a fracture in the right ankle. The bottom of the right foot was what they call degloved. So imagine just taking your glove off. Mm-hmm. So it's gone. And I have a partial amputation on my right foot. You know, okay. So, you know, when I think of that, I think of man. Other than be, you know, being alive, you couldn't have been more broken physically than, than you were. Correct. So, I mean, because I think part of that physical recovery is what I've seen in your financial dis- uh, recovery. And we're, we'll get there. But tell me about that physical recovery. Like, you know, um, tell me what you remember. And then tell me like when like the tide started to turn. You started to break away physically from being really, really messed up to where you were building strength. So I, when the moment I remember, um, like I'll start off with the day that I had my last rights read to me. Um, and, and I learned, I know this because I, I asked later and they told me it was a, that Sunday afternoon because my accident happened on a Friday night. And I remember in my mind, it was, it's so imagine a, 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 a totally black room and I'm lying there and the spotlight is on me. And there's a, there was a, an individual hooded, um, with a small book and he was just rocking back and forth, speaking in Latin, looking over me. And I'm just looking up at him and I would say, who are you and what are you doing? And I kept repeating it. No answer, no answer. They kept reading and reading and just rocking back and forth, reading in Latin. And I asked this, this, uh, this image, I said, who are you? Are you, am I dying? Is this, is, is this me dying? And there was no answer. Then I got really angry uh, I'll exclude the expletives that I was using to keep this rated G. <laughs> I said, no way. F you basically. I'm not dying. I'm not going out like this. So 
that I recognized that that was my, that was my will to survive and was my determination and my grit. Um, and I, I still remember like it happened yesterday. That's how vivid it is for me. And when I began to come to after, out of the coma, they were telling me all my injuries and I, I didn't believe them. I said, there's no way a human body could withstand so much and survive, at least not be paralyzed. Four weeks in the coma? Is that four weeks, yeah, four weeks a month, basically, in a coma. Wow. And seven weeks total in an intensive care unit. <clears throat> so, and I didn't believe the doctors. And at that very moment, I kind of began to realize that I just don't fit in the mold. I don't look the part. <laughs> I'm not the type. I'm, I don't look like somebody got run over by a garbage truck. Like it's three tons, three tons of a garbage truck, over 50,000 pounds. And Nick and I both took uh, physics in college. And I think most people would probably remember, go back to their high school days, remember force equals mass times acceleration. And the M was very big. The A, the acceleration was very small, but equal to very big F. Yeah. And it, it demolished me. And I, I, I recognized then that I just did not fit in their little box of this is what happened to you. I just, I'm like, I don't fit. You, you yeah. need to have a lot of documentation to write down what happened to me. Yeah. So, you know, your parents, you know, they, they help you financially. They help you mentally, spiritually, everything recover, but they have to be away from their jobs and they have to use their assets. And you guys basically come out of this, not only you with no money, but your parents with really no money. Correct. Right? This is everything that broke you physically, right? That you're starting to rebuild, but then you realize as you're starting to get better, and you're just starting to, like you said, learn to breathe, learn to walk, all these things. You went, oh my gosh, I'm broke, basically. Yeah. They, even though I had insurance, I was a professional airline pilot. I had medical insurance. And I quickly realized that uh, I watched too much television and I was watching Law & Order and that's not how it works. Um, right. Insurance, I'm glad I had it, but it was basically only a coupon for stuff. They, they never paid, the insurance company never paid for my um, ambulance from where they scooped me up, scooped me up off the street and where I went to the hospital. According to them, I didn't need it. So that's just one of many examples of what they didn't pay. Wow. So my insurance kicks in, then I'm paying out of pocket, but I had no residual. I had no other business. I, I was an airline pilot and that was my sole source income. Um, and my parent had, my parents had retired. My dad actually had his retirement stolen uh, from an airline in Mexico back in like 1988 or 1990. So he, he was, uh, they moved to the U S and they were laid. He was laid off in 2003. So they just had a lot of savings. Yeah. Their money mindset was save, save, save. And that's fine. Um, and they consumed up all their savings. I had no savings. I mean, I had maybe $12 in my name in the bank account, you know, and we had charity. So, uh, I had charities for physical therapy and hospitals kicked in and friends did the, the GoFundMe campaigns and, mm -hmm. and, and things of that sort. So a lot of help from friends and family, but yeah. we, I came out of this. Yeah. And my parents sacrificed themselves financially for me. So they actually declared bankruptcy. This is all happening also during the 2008 downturn with the credit crunch, the housing crisis. Right it was complete devastation and financial chaos for everybody. And I'm, I'm in the middle of all this. And then we end up being homeless because the bank foreclosed on my parents' home. Too. Wow. Yeah. 
The banks, as Nelson said last week, the banks are evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you um, obviously, you know, you either either the uh, the trash truck company um, gave you a settlement or offered you a settlement, or you sued them, or and and you got a and you got a a payout, right? Yeah, there was a part of it was a structured settlement that I had agreed and they had agreed to me. So part of our, part of the uh, the settlement was put in a structured format, mm-hmm. and the other one was given to me in a lump sum. And I said, okay, here I am, just turned thirty, and I had my retirement given to me, and, but I have not, I had no financial education really. Um, right. I had a little bit of it, but my parents, the, my the financial education that I received was learn how to balance a checkbook. Right. When that's not really helping me, but that's all I knew. And that's all they knew. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know, so I actually seeked out, I went on FINRA and I, I, I'm going to get uh, some uh, financial advisors. I'm going to do my research. And, and I found one here in the Dallas area and they were fine. Um, But there was always something nagging, always something I'm like, I need to be a better steward of my own money. I need to be an informed consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of a sudden, I think, Somewhere in there, I, I, Nick reached out to me and we were talking and I was telling him my story. He says, huh, you should look into this, into this infinite banking thing. And it, it basically started there. He introduced me to it. And I mean, I did how many webinars I did with you, like eight or nine before I actually, I, was, I did not understand any of this. Yeah, right. I, clearly, I clearly remember that conversation with you because we had been talking. We've been talking about thinking differently about money. It's like, hey, something doesn't seem right in the financial world. I can't put my right. finger on it, um, but I need, I, I'm pursuing the truth, right? And uh, we got to talking one day and um, I just said, hey, have you heard about this? And that, that's what I love about you, Javi. I could, we can always ask you or your friends can always ask you, hey, have you heard of this? And you're like, no, tell me more. Right. Like you have this mindset of abundance and wanting to learn you know, there's, there's really those two mindsets out there. There's the fix and the growth mindset or the scarcity and abundance mindset. And you have a true growth mindset. You know, what, where does that come from? Um, uh, on that? Is that how you were raised? I mean, did, was that the house you were, you were raised in? Was that? My, I was born and raised in Mexico City, and uh, my parents always supported me in everything that I did, right? Um, everything from doesn't matter. I never really, I was told no from this, from a discipline standpoint, but I remember bothering my dad in October. I'm like, when are we going to put the Christmas tree up? And I was very, very determined, right? Um, extremely determined. And that, that trait helped me because when I was, when I came out of the coma, sure. I remember telling myself, I said, I, what am I supposed to learn from this versus being the victim and blaming the truck company, blaming the driver, blaming the doctors because, or the, the nurses because they're not cure, curing me instantly, right? Mm-hmm. Never really blame myself. And I think that was the kind of the beginning of the moment I asked that question, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Is where the, 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 the mindset of abundance began versus I'm the victim I'm, I'm blaming everybody else. And at that moment you have narrowed your focus in your life to, to this much instead of going, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Um, so then you have this lump uh, sum of money plus the structured settle- settlement 
and you do research, you, you know, you're, you're basically, you're standing in the, in the reassuring lie line, as we like right. to say, and, <clears throat> but you're trying to make sure that you're doing all of your due diligence to make sure these are the right people to manage your money. Right. But there, but you're a go, you're a participatory guy. Right. So there had, when I first met you, there seemed like, Hey, you knew that, uh, Hey, I can't recreate this money, but, I'd, having somebody else just manage it and hope for the best, um, that just didn't seem like the strategy for your personality and, and the type of person you are. You know, in, in that conversation with Nick, I know was pivotal to changing that. So tell uh, people, okay, so, you know, once that you decided I'm getting out of that, lo- that line for the reassuring lie, right? And getting over in the inconvenient truth line, which means I'm in charge. I'm going to take charge of my money and my prosperity. Tell us about like that journey that you have that you have and are having with that. Great question because that um, it leads into I was in that reassuring lie line, um, and you feel comfortable because you look around and everybody's there with you, going, "Okay, cool, I'm 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 fine." Um, and the moment Nick introduced me to this, I began to see a possibility where I went, Hey, I, it's all about, as you said before, it's a participatory sport. You have to participate or being an informed consumer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my money with a financial advisors and Nick actually had a conversation with one of them. Um, and I was listening in and they were very opposed to all this. They were because, and then I recognized the reason why is because I was literally taking money away from them. Yep. And, and controlling it 100%. And they weren't making a fee off of it, which I was essentially taking food off of their table. So right. obviously, they're going to say, no, this should not do this. This is weird. We don't know this. They're just trying to sell you insurance, blah, 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 yeah. all that all that noise. Um, but I was like, I trust Nick. They've given me the information. I spoke, I spoke to you many times. We did the webinars. And you all never said, do this. And that's it. You know, I remember Nick telling me, he's like, listen, you do this. Cool. You don't do this. I'm going to go out and eat a sandwich. Right. Either yeah. way. I'm just, I'm just giving you the information. You can shoot, you can process it and do it. If, if you don't do it, that's totally cool. I'm still going to go over here and eat my sandwich. And I went, you know what? <laughs> that's cool. And, and, uh, um, it, but it was, it was not an easy move from one line to the other because the, Everybody else is doing it. Therefore, if, if you're selling out a black sheep, right, and, and right. you're doing something weird, it takes a lot. It's finding certainty in an uncertain environment. And, that, and Tony Robbins alludes to that, too. If, if all chaos, all, all breaking loose, and you have certainty, man, that's invaluable. It's yeah, like the it, poem, it, uh, If, right? If you can keep your head while everyone else around you is losing theirs. And, you know, Nelson says the majority's never been right about anything. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that I've been impressed with is, you know, just kind of, you know, without given numbers, but maybe factors of how, how your wealth has grown, you've been doing this three and a half years or whatever it is. Tell us about like where you were, where you are now, where you are planning on going and how you're really breaking away and just taking life by the, by the horns and uh, directing it. So I, I, yeah, like you said, I started my banking policy about three years ago. And initially it was very hesitant. If anything, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it in here. I know it's secure. 
I have complete control and it's, and it's growing at a nice consistent rate, right? Compounding. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's cool. And there's, that's totally fine. That's, it's nothing's wrong with that. But then I was talking to Nick. I said, well, how are you going to put your money to work? I was like, ah, I don't know. So that I began at a very small scale. I began to say, okay, what if I put charge everything on my credit card uh, to get the reward points, right? And at the, at the end of the month, let's say hypothetically, there's random numbers. All my expenses go on $3,000 a month. I charge my credit card. I get, you know, X amount of points. But I'm going to borrow, I'm going to call my insurance company and say, hey, can I borrow $3,000? And they're going to say, sure. They're going to send it over and it's not, it landed in my bank account. I went, okay, I'll use that money to pay the credit card. And the, 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 the dollars that I have in the, my checking and savings account, they was going to go to the, insurance, to, to the credit card company. I was like, I'll just pay myself back. Right. Whatever interest that I want. And I went, oh. And then I did it the first month, then the second, and then the third, and then the fourth. And I went, I'm going to start to take out bigger loans and amortize it out. And I went, I began to get more comfortable. Um, and the, probably the best time that it all kind of really hit me, uh, no pun intended because I was struck by a garbage truck, but <laughs> it hit me like a truck, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, glad I, I'm glad I can joke about this is I, I, I'm driving in my new car that I bought that uh, I bought with none of my own money and I'm not, I'm not even paying for it. And let me explain how that works. I took out a loan uh, for my insurance policy for X amount of money. I think it was, I can't remember the, the, what the worth, car was worth, but I was able to negotiate a really good price because I came in with cash. Yep. So then I amortized that. I said, okay, I went to a regular calculator. I just got my cell phone now and I got a regular cal- amortized calculator. And I said, I'm going to amortize it over five years. And the payment's going to be about 380 to 400 bucks a month. I said, okay. But the cool thing is that I had already, I had a rental property that was giving me a cash flow of about 480 to 500 a month. Mm-hmm. I said, huh, I'll just have that asset pay for the car. So technically I'm not paying for it and I'm not even using my own money. So I'm driving the car and I called Nick and I'm giggling in the car. And every time I drive my car, I just laugh because you're using the power of finance and your knowledge in my banking system and having complete control over, over everything. And it's, it's such a good feeling that you now have control. You, you know, the players in the game, you know, what's going on. um, But it's, you try to explain it to people and they just look at you. They kind of, they slowly kind of back away, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, "What are you doing? What are you? That's illegal." I'm like, "Right, yeah." You know, well, if it is, just come visit me in the in the in the uh, in jail and just bring me some cookies because I don't, you know, that's not it's just taking control of your own finances, right? Well, you and you you've even taken that to your your uh, your your pizza place and and used it there, and you you, you had to spend some time explaining this to your to your business partner a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started, um, I was offered to start a, a restaurant, uh, social pie here in Dallas. It's uh, our website, socialpie.kitchen. It's here in the DFW area, right by love field. It's great. And, pizza. Hey, by the way, you know, Javi, if somebody is listening to this podcast and they come in, can we give them a freebie? Maybe, a the first beers on Javi or on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Absolutely. Put, it on, actually, put it on my tab. The first, if you if you live in Dallas and you haven't tried this pizza, by the way, I've had it and I'm a pizza expert. Um, I'm not Italian, <laughs> but trust me, I, I should be. 
um, is this is great pizza. And if you go in, the first beer is on Create Tailwind. How's that? Perfect. That sounds great. Um, I'll, I'll tell our staff, or tell our staff to, to, to be aware of it. But yeah, the website socialpie.kitchen. Um, and we've had it if not for two years. We, we broke even our first year, which is, which is a, a great feat in and of itself. And then we're, we're scheduled to have a decent profit the next year. But um, I, I, I remember talking to you and Jim um, that it's, it's imperative that as a, from a business standpoint that I, that I ensure my business partner. Um, and it took him, how long did it take him, Nick? Like nine months or 10 months to actually get to schedule the physical yeah, um, it was a long time. Yeah, because he thought, he said, I can't be insured. I'm 65. I have a knee rep- two knee replacements. He said, let me worry about that. I'm going to pay for the policy. Let me worry about it. And finally, he, he kind of gave in and got the physical done. And, and he was uh, surprised when I told him, hey, congratulations. Now you're insured. He was, yeah. was kind of taken, uh, taken by surprise. But it's, uh, we've used that to regulate the cash flow for the business. So every year we got to pay taxes, we got to pay insurance or licenses or whatever for the restaurant. So we'll just borrow from my policy and it won't affect our monthly cash flow. And then we can pay it back at a predetermined schedule. And it's very flexible. If one reason, one month our cash flows are lower than the other, we can forego paying ourselves back for that month, get back to where we need and then continue going. So it creates that, that sustainability and that, it uh, continued just level uh, field uh, when it comes to the business or the peaks and the valleys or the cash flows and stuff. So it helps. So Javi, before somebody was quote managing your money and their job is to babysit your money, make sure that they hold on to it. It's really not to make you money, right? right. Which is what you wanted them to do is make you money. But um, they're just saying, Hey, I just got to hold on to this money and keep you happy. And that's all I got to do. And so then you took, control of that. They didn't like that. But now you have, you're, you're the banker in your life. Plus you've used your banking system to start other, to buy other assets. Right. You know, social pie is an asset. It's not a financial instrument. Correct. Correct. And business owners and entrepreneurs like yourself, they don't want financial instruments. They want assets. Correct. And, the, and, you know, you've, you've bought more assets. You've bought real estate, right? Yeah, I bought real estate. I did, uh, I have three homes in, in, the, in the DFW and Houston area, and I had them seller finance. It's a really cool strategy where you're technically the banker as well um, through real estate. I'm beginning, I put my banker hat on, um, and I say, okay, I, if I'm going to lend money, I need to collateralize. collateralize. I need it secured by whatever means necessary, whether it be real estate, gold, silver, something, right, um, right. to cl- be collateralized. So I did the real estate. I'm doing the restaurant. Um, I am also, I started a cryptocurrency mining as well with, uh, with Divi Systems. So I'm doing that as well. And I'm always looking for new opportunities, always looking for, for other assets and, and partnering up with people that understand this mindset, that understand that it's important to be the banker. Right. So currently I'm actually working with a gentleman to potentially purchase some salon suites and, right. and get into that business. So, I mean, I know you guys don't have any of this. <laughs> What's a salon? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's totally okay. But I went, okay, how can I put my money to work? That's, that's secure. It's going to give me that asset. So I'll lend, I'll lend from my banking system 
to the business with a with an agreement and a, a payment schedule to pay myself back. And once it's paid, once it's paid back, then I still I'm still controlling the asset over here. I still have the assets that provided me cash flow that goes into my banking system, not into somebody else's. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know, Nick, uh, the one thing that I've seen is you know what Javi's talking about is controlling his money. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, nothing, nothing ever leaves. You know, I, I listened to you, uh, you know, you got this great story and I, and I, I just want to really give your parents, uh, uh, some recognition here. Cause Jim and I had the, the honor to sit down and have dinner with them a, a year ago down in Dallas. And, uh, I told you this yesterday, but when I met them, you made sense. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, your parents are such different, different people from each other, but you know, they're so compassionate. Um, they've got such a zest for life. Like, while they didn't teach you this about money, they taught you about abundance and having a, a zest for life and, and never quitting. And that part's awesome. And, you know, this, this, what you've gone through has touched many lives without a doubt. But your decision to break away financially has impacted your parents as well. And, and you called me I want to say it was about six months ago and you, you were emotional telling me the story right. about, about your mom and the, and the dentist. Will, will you share that with us? Yeah, sure. So I thank you for those words for my mom, my dad, I'll make sure I pass them along. They're yeah. actually on a uh, cruise right now that I, I sent them on a cruise with my banking system. So that's kind of, that's awesome. perfectly. yeah, they get back tomorrow. Yeah. A few months ago, my mom went to the dentist and she had just had her x-rays and I guess she was having bone loss in her jaw. And the, the oral surgeon was very, very concerned. And my parents they didn't have any insurance for a long time. I think they're now on Medicare and Medicaid because they don't have any income. I, su I support them hundred percent. So my, my airline paycheck is in directly sent over to them. So I don't, I don't see a dollar technically uh of my income from a pilot they they use it it goes back into the banking system so they're very connected with the whole uh banking system or our family bank yeah. and uh the the bill came in they said listen this is obviously here we go the insurance doesn't cover it it's an elective procedure the whole shebang right the whole song and dance so they said it's going to be over five thousand dollars to have this uh surgery to put bone grafts into her jaw. So I said, mom, don't worry about it. I'm going to, we'll just take a loan from the bank, our family bank, and we'll pay it back over the next year. Year. Yeah. About a year. And we amortize it. Like what interest rate? We're like we'll choose one, seven, eight, 10% doesn't matter. So I just requested a loan paid uh, the dentist. My mom had her procedure done and we've been, you know, we're, we're paying, we're almost paying it off already. So I was just emotional because I was so grateful because if I wouldn't have found you or Nick, I mean, you or Jim, sorry, and, and educated myself and was open to receive this information and, and been open to think a little bit differently, this would have never happened. And I, I would not have had that opportunity to be able to help, continue to help my mother and my father. So uh, it still gets me very emotional because it's, it's, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity and continue to learn. So uh, it's, it's you're even though I'm using the banking system and the infinite banking concept, I'm always learning. I'm always reading any books you guys send me articles. I'm open and, and yeah. I want to learn more.
Thinking, yeah, thinking about that, Javi, what's book. one, two, or three books that you've read over your life uh, other than the Bible that's made the biggest difference in your life? I remember one of the biggest books that I read in 2004 was uh, Kiyosaki's Think uh, I'm Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Absolutely. That was a very, and I still reread. I, I have it in Spanish. Um, nice. Where is it? Right. Yeah. See, Padre, padre Rico, Padre Pobre. So it's in, it's in Espanol. Nice. Uh, so that was one book that really changed me. Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill really yeah, nice. helped me. Obviously, Nelson's books, anything on infinite banking. Um, and this new one, where is it? Here we go. The case for IBC as well. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I had a Carlos and Robert Murphy sign it, and that's a really, another really good book. Um, yep. There's a bunch, but mainly, yeah. mainly those books uh, are been instrumental in, in me learning more about this. You know, uh, um, Carlos and uh, Bob, they're great friends of ours, as, as uh, obviously Nelson is and David Stearns, and they do a great job over there at the uh, Nelson Nash Institute and, um, you know, teach, teaching people to break away. And, you know, I mean, it's probably hard and maybe it's the accident. I don't know. Um, maybe you've already answered this question, but what's the, what was the one point where you just made that decision to break away? How did you, I mean, what was just the, the change in your mindset? <laughs> they, uh, when, when I was in a nursing home, they, all I could think about is when I was in a walk again, when I was in a stand up again. Yeah. And I had our, uh, what's it called? The, um, follow-up appointments. And, and they put me in a stretcher and we went down to Bellevue hospital where the, where the, uh, appointments were going to be. And I, I remember being pushed into the orthopedics, uh, department where they were going to do more x-rays and they were going to give me the final, Hey, you know, you're ready to stand up again or no, or something. So you're very nervous. And they, they took the x-rays and they said, all right, your x-rays are looking really good. The bones are healing, but but they said you can only put weight on your right leg. You cannot put weight on your left leg because that has three pins and the rod through the tib tibia. And, and I was really angry. Um, and I said, I don't want this. And then in a, in a, in a, in a little, in about a minute, I began to kind of laugh. And I said, well, I wanted to walk again and stand up again. I never specified on two legs. Right. So I'm getting what I asked for. And they said, Javier, the moment you begin to get vertical, you have about a year and a half window to recover anything uh, physically that you have lost. After that, we don't, we, we don't know what's going to happen. So you have a year and a half. And I went, okay. And I, my mindset went into go mode. Okay, right. cool. Let's get it done. I got mad. I got, I got mad. I got determined. I found a, crazy purpose. And I went, okay, tell me what to do and I will do it. And I remember when that was, uh, in that, in that uh, follow-up at the hospital. So, you know, one thing, Nick, I think about with Javi is, you know, he's not only, he's just, he's, he's continued to get better and better and better. Now, by the way, uh, I'm going to correct Javi on one thing. When he calls the insurance company, he doesn't say, can I have a loan? He says, send me my money. Right. right. Send me the money. Right. Your money. I get your money. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm an owner of this insurance company because it's a mutual company. Send me the money. You don't have to ask. Right. They don't have to tell what it's for. There's no application. Just a couple of days later, the money shows up. 
So that's really cool. And, you know, the other thing is, is that um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's really amazing to me that you just keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the way that it happens. And if you, um, is, is you start to figure out your vision and you know that you want something bigger and all you have to do is make that switch, decide to break away. You know, and, and uh, you know, Nick, it's been, man, it's uh, been so amazing to watch Hobby in this process, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we we leverage off of your story all the time, like in my personal life, not for business, but just for personal. We find we find strength in your story. Um, you know, you were talked about at my my men's group this morning over coffee, talking about your story. We were talking about not quitting, never quit. And and it's um, we really appreciate the time you spent to share this with, with everyone today, the 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 courage that it's taken for you to not just recover uh, financially and physically, but emotionally, because I know that that's not been a simple journey for you. You know, you, you've got some and you're not done yet. Um, I know that you've got some bigger goals out there and and ways that you're going to impact uh, more lives. And, and I really we can't thank you enough. Absolutely. And, yeah. It's, by the way, I just want to point out one more thing, Javi. Yeah. It, after all this that was done to you, just as a testament to all of your hard work, when we applied for your first policy, the policy we put on your life, you got preferred plus. So preferred. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> yeah, preferred plus, super preferred. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and for the audience, these two yahoos, they give me a little bit of a hard time because they're both preferred plus. I'm <laughs> Maybe um, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm working on just getting to be preferred. Okay. So, uh, but by the way, this system works, even if you're not per- preferred plus, but you know, being preferred plus is pretty special, but to have that happen to your body and you to fight back and, you know, that, and to be preferred plus, I would say the same transformation has helped happen to you financially. You said I had $12 in the bank. Now I, I know the assets that you have and just taking that risk and saying, I'm going to take control. This isn't something that Nick did or Jim did. We're the coach. You're right. the hero of this story and we're just here to help you and guide you and educate you. And it's a pleasure to do it every day. So thank you, Javi. No, and thank you guys for inviting me. And I remember uh, kind of to end on a, on a positive note. I remember being discharged from the intensive care unit and they said, I told them I'll be back and I'll be walking. And they kind of looked at me like, oh yeah, good luck. Bye. And I kept thanking the doctors and the surgeons. And they said, why? He's like, what we did was easy. He's like, the recovery starts now. You're going to have to do the work. We, right. we put you together like Humpty Dumpty, yeah. but you're going to have to do the work. And with you guys as coaches, you're just guiding me, but I'm the one that has to read the books. I'm the one that's got to do the effort. I'm the one that has to choose. Right change my mindset and do the actual work. You guys are just there. Hey, watch this and send the parameters and kind of guiding me. Right. But, but you, people have to do the five second rule. If you've never read the book, uh, the, the five second rule by Mel Robbins, it's five, four, three, two, one, and do it because no, in five yeah. seconds, your mind will, you'll convince yourself not to do something. It, go to your common sense corner. If this makes sense, explore it, learn more and then make a decision, but explore it and learn about it. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, well, Nick, uh, you know, welcome to the show and look forward to hosting more shows with you. And Javi, 
Um, thank you so much for uh, uh, being our second guest on the show. You know, Nelson was number one. And uh, a lot of respect to you for being the, the second person on the show. I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to the day that you come back to promote your new book that really details your journey, not only physically, because now your journey is getting bigger and bigger financially. So, right. you know, to the audience, this is how you want to act. It's not the it's not about an insurance contract. It's not about it's about your behavior and your freedom. It's all about how you think. Yeah. And what Javi thought in that hospital room was failure is not an option. And what he's thought with his finances is I'm taking control and failure is not an option. So, Javi, thank you very much. Thanks for being uh, kind enough to spend your time with us today. And we look forward to uh, successes in the future. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.